Extra Daily Planet Extra. Everybody, welcome to episode 33 of Man of Screen Extra. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and this is going to be another shared fandom episode where I'm going to discuss uh, on the latest viewing project that Haley and I uh, have been doing uh, for the past, uh, I guess, uh, we've been making our way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. It is uh, something I had been trying to get her to do for some time, and finally negotiated my way to getting her to do this and uh she uh signed on uh rather i don't know if i want to say reluctantly but uh she was rather intimidated by the fact that it's 23 movies which is basically uh 23 sundays for us we usually sit down and watch our movie together on a sunday afternoon usually uh that's when we have the most free time we make this a regular thing we've watched some some other stuff between, uh, we've watched some other things, uh, between, uh, the end of the Star Wars, uh, project and starting the MCU when we did some, I think we did Godzilla King of the Monsters. We were going to watch the three previous Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Skull Island leaving up to, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. I have all those movies in my possession. We just, we were waiting until the release of Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong whichever it's going to be called, to start that. But with COVID and, and the theaters being closed, who the hell knows when uh, Godzilla and Kong are going to come out. And uh, we watched all four Indiana Jones movies. I find it interesting now, especially since I learned uh, a few months ago that she uh, watched all three seasons of Stranger Things, of which I am only one season through as of this recording. I mean, so being that she's watched that, it's no surprise to me that I believe her favorite Indiana Jones movie was Temple of Doom, which to me is just so different from the others that it doesn't really sit with the other with the other three films, even as bad as Crystal Skull can be. So we've watched uh, we've watched those. We were going to do the two Ghostbusters movies before uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out again. COVID, so I guess that's gonna have to wait till next year. And uh, you know, I've just been thinking uh, of late, especially after listening to uh, the most recent commentaries over in the Movie Film Podcast with. Uh, Zaki Hassan and Brian Hall, that I got to see if I can get her to watch Back to the Future. Watch those three films. I, I think she'll have a lot of fun watching those. So so for this episode, as you can see, it's been a while since I've released the Man of Screen Extra. I've been focusing on the main show in the last uh, few months, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'll still do my regular Christmas episode, but I really at least want to try to get as much Superboy done as I can before the DC Universe app is phased out into DC Infinite. Because I'm not sure where all the uh, old content is going to go, if anywhere, once uh, that service closes down. I'm probably going to end up just having to buy season four. It is what it is, I guess. So, 
this episode is going to be basically phase one-ish. This whole thing started because she wanted to watch Captain Marvel. We hadn't watched that since uh, we saw it in the theater. And uh, she liked it. So being that that film takes place in the 90s, that kind of helped me kind of segue her into this viewing project of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is phase one-ish. I'm going to include Captain Marvel. I might, I'm probably even going to include Iron Man 3, even though that's Phase 2, just because we've watched Iron Man 3 already. I meant to record this episode last week and just didn't have the time. But, so, probably going to start with Captain Marvel, then go into uh, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then the Avengers and Iron Man 3. And like I said, even though Iron Man 3 is technically Phase 2, we've already watched it, so... No reason to exclude it, especially with there being so many movies in Phase 2. All right, so before I get to that, feedback to address. Feedback is from Dave McElvenny. Dave's writing in on Man of Screen Extra, Episode 32, Shared Phantom, (laughs) ironically enough. Then Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. I have to say I had a big smile on my face throughout this entire episode, listening to you talking about watching the Star Wars movies and the Mandalorian with Haley. It has to be such a wonderful thing sharing something that you both love with her. I imagine this experience will be a warm and happy memory for a lifetime. Even among many other such memories, this will probably have a special place as a foundational one, particularly as some of it will be tied to tied in memory to the current period of isolation. I'm very happy for you both. I hope someday to hear of your shared experience watching whatever will be the next Star Wars movie, but it's something new to both of you. That will be a different experience, and I wonder if it will lead to more discussion between the two of you, since you will be more of a, you will be more Star Wars peers than Master and Padawan in that next viewing. I also hope that you and Emily will similarly bond over films and books that you love. You've described what I think is a personal and in some sense idiosyncratic experience since everyone's viewing and opinion of movies differs to one degree or another. But you've also described very well Haley's reaction and how her personality, emotionally em- empathic and age, may influence her reactions and understanding of the movies. Clearly you know her well and obviously you love her, which makes this viewing project truly a loving gift from father to daughter and from daughter to father, and I love that. At the same time, I think the experience is also common to parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren, teachers and students, and many others. A more experienced person seeing a spark of interest in a well-loved piece of art, music, writing, culture, knowledge, etc. And a less experienced person in trying to nurture that spark to share that love. It's a story as old as humanity and as new as a child. Thank you for sharing it. Live long and prosper, Dave. Well, as always, a thank you, Dave, for writing in. And honestly, one of these days... I'm hoping to actually get Haley on here, but she's still a little skittish about it, I guess. You know, I don't think she really knows how she would express herself in this uh, kind of environment. Sometimes I can kind of get her on a stealth recording if she doesn't know I'm doing it. But look, I'm a sports reporter covering a lot of high school sports. I've seen, you know, teenagers sometimes seize up when they see that recorder. So a nine-year-old, I would expect almost the same thing. I mean, hell, it took me a while to get comfortable behind the microphone. To an extent, I still hate hearing my own voice, even though I've gotten used to it over all the podcasts that I've done in the last four years. So, I will say this, though. The Star Wars episode had the benefit of the Facebook post that I wrote after each movie. As, you know, as I while I enjoy the MCU, it doesn't have the place in my heart that Star Wars does. I didn't write long, detailed Facebook posts after every movie. So, this is all going to be me basically shooting from the hip. So, I guess we'll just have to see how this goes, shall we? So, before that, I'm going to take a uh, podcast promo break. And then I'll come back with Haley and my journey through the beginning of the MCU. 
Hang around, folks. Hi, I'm John Wilson. And I'm Michael Kaiser. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Make Ours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, 10 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on a mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it. And now we're going to do it, too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. (laughs) It's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep, an hour and, you know, maybe a little change. Every week, Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at MakeOursMarvel.com. That's MakeOursMarvel.com. Or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock in the Infinity Watch TV show, Make Ours Marvel. All right, welcome back, folks. So, yeah, I know. I know I said this was phase one of uh, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I am starting with Captain Marvel. So, scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree. A race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Your life began the day it nearly ended. We found you. With no memory, we made you one of us. So you could live longer, stronger, Superior. You were reborn. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. You know how to fly this thing? We'll see. That's a yes or no question. Yes. like to know what you really are. I think I had a life here. What aren't you telling me? You've come a long way, but you're not as strong as you think. This war is just the beginning. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Gary. What's you? I'll be back. This was the first movie we watched. Like I said in the opening... I kind of was able to get Haley into this viewing project 
through Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel actually is one of those films that you can watch it at the beginning because it takes place in the 1990s. What was really fun, and Captain Marvel is a movie that Haley and I saw together in the theaters. We've She's not completely new to the MCU. The uh, first time we tried an MCU movie with Haley was the age of was Age of Ultron, and she at the age she was, I think she was three or four. I don't have the Age of Ultron year off the top of my head. Maybe that was fifteen, I think. Me, but she just didn't have the stamina at that point to get through a movie that long. She still even now struggles with length a little bit. But when we saw that in the theaters with uh, her uh, half brother, my former stepson and her mother. She and her mother had to go wait outside for the rest of the movie because Haley uh, didn't finish it. So that was the first MCU film she'd seen. She likes Spider-Man, which makes sense. He's a young character, so he's probably the closest to her age. So, you know, for for a while, she'd really been bugging me to watch Spider-Man, specifically Far From Home, because we've seen both Homecoming and Far From Home in the theaters because she likes Spider-Man. She actually refused to let me go to see Endgame by myself, even though we went rather late. I think we went to like a 7 o'clock movie and you know, Kelly goes to bed at 9, 9.30. I knew she wasn't going to make it. And and she fell asleep an hour in. So she missed a third of Endgame. So other than the Spider-Man movies, I believe Captain Marvel was really the first one she sat through that wasn't Spider-Man. And what's cool for me about watching Captain Marvel with Haley is I don't remember if they gave an exact date for Captain Marvel. I know it was sometime in the early 90s, like 1994 or something. So I would have been rather 13 or 14 at that time. So still a kid, uh, not as young as she is, but old enough that I remember the 90s. So what makes it interesting for me is to see all of the artifacts from the 1990s. Like Now, granted, uh, I have no love for Blockbuster Video, and I don't miss them in the slightest, but it was almost a look of... Because it wasn't seen... I think we actually went into the video store, and like they showed like the video, like the boxes behind the videotapes, or behind the cover. And I used to tell her, no, we used to have to go into the store... And if there was a tape behind it, that meant they had it and you could rent it. It blew our mind. You know, just those little 90s artifacts. But, you know, but Captain Marvel for her, Haley is, she really enjoyed that movie. And she's always been bugging me to watch it again. You know, I was hot and cold on it. You know, I like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. They're, I don't get why every, why she gets all the backlash that she does. Maybe it's because of her outspokenness uh, off the screen, probably. But I don't get the whole, you know, you need to smile more thing. I thought she smiled plenty and was uh, quite adorable and quite playful. You know, you can tell she had a she has a good time uh, playing the character. So, and, you know, and it's good for Haley to see uh, to see a woman kick kick a butt, you know. And, uh, of course, Haley being nine, uh, she uh, gravitated more toward uh, the flirkin and... While she recognized Fury because she remembers him from seeing Captain Marvel the first time, and then she remembered him from Spider-Man Far From Home. So she really started paying attention to uh, Fury as he kind of went through the plot of the movie. And as much as I tried, I tried to get her to notice Coulson, but he didn't make much of an impression on her. So, and, you know, watching that movie, you can see why Coulson's kind kind of a blank slate. I think having Colson there was more for us because it was nice to see Colson again after not seeing him since uh, the Avengers. So, and Haley also really enjoys uh, 
on the DC on the DC side as Shazam. So it kind of blew our mind too that the actor who played Korath, Jaman Hansu, was also the uh, the wizard in Shazam. And I also told her to keep an eye on Ronan. I don't know if she's going to remember Ronan when uh, we get to Guardians of the Galaxy, but I guess we'll see. She didn't remember Coulson going from Captain Marvel to a week later to Iron Man, so I guess we'll see. So, we went from there to Iron Man. No one's allowed to talk, is that it? You can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. Peace. Tony Stark. Now you work for me. What are you building, Stark? Your eyes are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I had my eyes open. I want to protect the people. I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. Let's see if this dog can hunt. So the upgrade is complete. Tell you what, throw a little hot rod red in there. Damn. Good luck keeping up. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. There's been speculation that I'm parading around as a superhero. I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. So going from one of the most recent Marvel films ever made to uh, to the original, the one that kicked off this universe. And I was rather surprised that Iron Man, at least in the early going, is the character that she gravitated to. I think so far, the original, the first Iron Man movie is her favorite. And actually, uh, she had her tablet down at the table at breakfast time uh, maybe a week ago and uh, maybe even more recently than that. And uh, she was watching uh, Iron Man. So at that point, I felt the need to uh, set some rules down regarding this this uh, viewing project. One, well, only one rule, really. And the rule is, being that they're all on Disney+, Plus, she has access to all of them, that she's not allowed to watch ahead. That's the only rule I set down on her. I mean, she can watch whatever one of the ones you've already watched. She, she can watch them again. But she can't jump ahead to, like, for instance, she can't turn on Spider-Man Homecoming right now. Because we're not there yet, even though she's seen it before. So I'm not going to tell her about those uh, conditions. Uh, just let her wait. So 
she really likes Iron Man. Uh, and I've noticed, and I even noticed this during the Star Wars watch through. Haley doesn't like betrayal. She got really upset during episode three when Anakin turned to the dark side because I didn't tell her that was happening. And she kind of felt the same way when it was revealed that Obadiah Stane uh, was the villain of Iron Man. You know, I remember when when it's revealed that he's the bad guy, she just screamed, traitor, at the screen and gets really mad. But, you know, she enjoyed watching uh, Obi get his uh, just desserts. And, you know, and, and look, Iron Man is just fun. It, it, it's a fun character. The She enjoys the uh, shtick with him testing the suit out and getting sprayed by uh, the fire extinguisher from the other robot just as much as I do. So, you know, all that stuff is funny, and it's got some great hero moments. As much as I, I've i come to love Don Cheadle as Rhodey, I don't see anything wrong with uh, Terrence Howard's performance. He would have done just as well as he had he continued, I believe, as Don Cheadle is. And, you know, you know, I just love those moments when they, when they come together. And, you know, when Rhodey asks uh, if Tony needs anything, he says, just clear the skies. And then he kind of shows up at the command center and says, oh, nope, just a training exercise. And I wanted to do this. I still can. Because this was the first time I watched Iron Man since I started listening to the Make Ours Marvel podcast hosted by John M. Wilson and uh, Michael Kaiser. And I've been reading along. So between this viewing of Iron Man and the previous one, I did a watch through just by myself leading up to Endgame. This is the first time I've watched Iron Man since reading the comic book origin. And, you know, aside from adjusting it for the times, it's... That's it. That's the origin of Iron Man, basically taken right off the page. So I was uh, tempted to show that to Haley, but I just, I guess I just never got around to it. So, and then, of course, once this film was over, we had to go to the end credit scenes. She she calls it a cutscene for some reason. I don't know why. That, that's a video game term, not so much uh, really a term you associate with movies. But she got a big kick out of seeing uh, Fury uh, in Tony's apartment as the movie ended. However, I will say this. I kept trying to go to her about Coulson. Did you recognize him? And she didn't. He was nothing to her. Just Fury. Who, of course, has a more distinctive look. Uh, Clark Gray could be anybody. So after that, we moved on to Iron Man 2. Could we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Could I have your attention? Absolutely. Our priority here is to have you turn over the Iron Man weapon to the American people. Well, you can forget it. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. We're adjourned for the day. You've been a delight. Okay, give me a smooch for good luck. I might not make it back. Go get him, boss. You complete me. Oh, it's good to be back. You come from a family of thieves and butchers. And now, like all guilty men, you try to rewrite your own history. And you forget 
All the lives the Stark family has destroyed, they will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. I know, I know. But Mike, you're supposed to watch Incredible Hulk before Iron Man 2. Yeah, well, I don't. And here's why. Yes, it is. it has been said by, I believe it by Kevin Feige. It could have been someone else. But probably Kevin. That Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Thor happen kind of around the same time. Because of the event at Iron Man 2, Thor would be, would be a little bit after that. But here's why I watch Iron Man 2 before the Incredible Hulk. It's all about the scene at the end of Incredible Hulk where Tony shows up. Granted, in the context of uh, the larger universe, that scene doesn't really make a whole ton of sense with uh, the way things have gone. But I'll talk about that later. But you have to have Iron Man 2 to get Tony to that point. So Iron Man 2 is a movie I haven't always loved. It is generally considered to be one of the weaker films in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe that, universe that I don't disagree. One of my issues with it is that it... It kind of stops in the middle to uh, after the uh, the party scene and the fight between Rhodey and Tony. It kind of stops to world build a little bit. And it slows down a little bit for Tony to find himself, which was kind of a slow point in the film. But it is what it is. It was groundwork that was necessary for this series to go forward. And see, I goaded Haley a lot with uh, telling her by telling her that Spider-Man was in it. Or at the very least, Peter Parker was in it. Because uh, they've uh, since retconned that the, I believe it's the kid in the Iron Man mask, is Peter Parker. Which which works, considering how long it is between this movie and uh, the first time we see Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. So, when I told her that that's Peter Parker, the only young kid, she well, she liked that and uh, and she enjoyed it. You know, there was no betrayal in this movie. I mean, the villains were the villains were the villains, although, you know. Robert Downey Jr. is great in this one. This is, uh, I mean, he was not that he wasn't great in the first film, but he was really seemed to amp things up here for the second. You know, and I love his interplay between uh, with him and Justin Hammer and the Senator. That's all great stuff. And, uh, you know, at, at this point, I'm starting to see that Haley is getting excited about the connectivity because this movie does introduce Black Widow, which is a character she Knows a little bit, maybe for the hour of Endgame that she was awake for when we went to the movies. But it's not really a character she's terribly familiar with. But she knew that the plan was for us to go see Black Widow when it came out back in May. And it kind of sucks now that it's been pushed back to next May. There was this uh, talk that there was that one Disney investor that was trying to push for Black Widow to move to Disney Plus kind of... uh, 
what they did with Mulan, I'd do it. I'd spend the 30 bucks on it, and we could watch it where uh, in the proper place, which is somewhere after Civil War and before Infinity War. But anyway, so a good thing introducing us to Black Widow. I think Haley enjoyed her character. Haley enjoyed seeing her again in the Avengers, and I, I don't see why she won't enjoy seeing her again in uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. So Iron Man 2 was fine, a lot more Fury, so... Having Nick Fury and seeing more of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, got Haley a little more engaged. She finally recognized Coulson, so that was good. And, you know, she knows these characters enough, I guess, just from talking to her friends and seeing stuff on YouTube and whatnot, that when, when we watched the end credit scene for this film, and it was Tatra Thor's Hammer, you know, she got excited because she knew what that was. So, from there, we went to The Incredible Hulk. I've been alone for a long time. Not because I want to be. But because until I solve this problem, I have to be. Your target is a fugitive from the US government who stole military secrets. This is a location. Snatch and grab only, live capture. Take him. I'm concerned that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. You have to get as far away from me as you can. Go! There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Target is in the overpass. And when I lose control, it's very dangerous to be around me. Something like that. You ready? Yeah. Let's even the playing field. Are you telling me another one of your bioforce experiments has gone here, Wyatt? There's only one thing that can fight that. It's in me. One thing watching uh doing a viewing project of the of the MCU in this order has over Star Wars is that after we got through the prequel trilogy, there was the diversions into Solo and Rogue One, which Haley didn't enjoy. And because I think those are more for people who've seen all the films. She didn't get as much out of those as I did. And then we went on, we took a little bit of a break for a couple of weeks before going into the original trilogy. Marvel is different because watching Iron Man and Iron Man 2 together is something, back-to-back, is something that doesn't happen again 
in this franchise. I mean, the Star Wars films, are the three trilogies are the stories of the same three, four, five characters. Right now we have two Iron Man movies that built the world up a little bit. And then we jump over here to the Incredible Hulk, which is a different kind of character in a different kind of story. And then Thor, which is over there telling that story. Captain America, which is a World War II movie. And then the Avengers bringing them all together. You're getting different kinds of movies with each character. So there's a little bit of more variety here. And not while the same overall arc is progressing through the films, you're getting different standalone stories, which which definitely helps the viewing experience, makes it harder to get bored. So we moved on to The Incredible Hulk, which was a 2008 movie, kind of came out around the same time Iron Man. But like I said, I watched it after Iron Man 2. Again, because the final scene in this film is Tony Stark, who in Iron Man 2 was kind of became the consultant at the end of the film. He seemed like he was consulting at that point, so on behalf of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he needed that progression in Iron Man 2 to get to where he was in The Incredible Hulk. And to be totally honest, nothing is lost either way, as Incredible Hulk is made by Universal, which, and the scene with Tony was the only connection to the MCU. And I mentioned a S.H.I.E.L.D. And actually, there were some. There were a couple of uh, indirect references to the Angry Hulk movie, even though that's not an MCU film. Though there was a reference to something that happened five years earlier, which is a reference to uh, Angry's Hulk being five years before this film. So anyway, I think with a character like the Hulk, Haley gets into the action and the rampaging monster uh, version of it. And this was really the only movie where I, I think I had to catch her up a little bit. You know that. He's trying to get rid of the Hulk. And like, and I had to tell her things like that he can't control it and things like that. So I think she liked this movie. She's seen, she hasn't told me that she hasn't liked one yet. I know which one of these movies is her least favorite. And I'll mention it when we get to it. It will, uh, some of you will be aghast when you, when I reveal this, but it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, but she, you know, she's still a kid. She laughs at some of the things the Hulk does, you know, the, uh, you know, someone wants to ride away, he'll punch somebody. You know, sometimes it comes off as comical. But, you know, even this one, too, she she would kind of, she would yell at Thunderbolt Ross quite a bit during this movie, too. Uh, kind of tell, almost as if she's trying to tell the screen that, uh, no, uh, you know, the Hulk didn't do that. He's not doing that. I, he's not the bad guy and things like that. And then, you know, when she realized uh, what was going on, she gets more on board with uh, the action of the film. Although... She does say she, as far as Bruce Banner, after having seen the Avengers and his cameo in Iron Man 3, she did say she liked liked Edward Norton better as Banner than Mark Ruffalo. Honestly, between you, me, and everybody that's listening, I don't think Edward Norton would have made it through all those Marvel movies. He likes to be uh, more involved with the project than uh, I think Kevin Feige would allow. So it's probably for the best that we went forward with uh, Ruffalo. So right now I'm going to take another break. Play uh, another promo, and then I'll come back and talk about the next four MCU films. Hang around, folks. It began with the return of an ancient evil. Ah! After 10,000 years, I'm free! It's time to conquer Earth! Alpha, oh, oh, leaders escape. Recruiter team of teenagers with attitude. This is the story of five teenagers. Not teenagers! Yes, teenagers. Specifically chosen to keep our planet safe as the Power Rangers! Ranger Chronicles. Every Tuesday, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. All right, welcome back, folks. All right, so, four more to go. 
you know, from The Incredible Hulk, we went, obviously, to the next film in this uh, sequence, Thor. It's not easy to do what you did. You made my man look like a bunch of minimum wage mall cops. That's hurtful. Would you like to tell me where you received your training? Afghanistan? Chechnya? Who are you? much to achieve peace for through your arrogance and stupidity you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and devastation of war you are a vain greedy cruel boy and you are an old man and a fool you're unworthy father and now take from you your power! I cast you out! Please, open your eyes. Oh, no, this is Earth, isn't it? Where did it come from? Your ancestors called it magic. And you call it science. I come from a place where they're one and the same. Disobey this king. His fate is in his own hands now. I will end this. Now, as far as the three Thor movies go, this one is my favorite of them, mainly because. To be totally honest, I don't really like Thor of the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok a whole lot. And I do like the journey that Thor went on in this movie with uh, with losing his power and having to prove himself worthy to grab his hammer. And, you know, Haley got a big kick out of all the antics the guys at the uh, crater went through to try to get the hammer out of the ground, including uh, ripping off the, uh, the bumper of the pickup truck. The Stan Lee cameos are lost on her. It's kind of like, I'll point them out and say he's basically the guy who created Marvel Comics and she'll just say, oh, and we move on. <laughs> it doesn't have the same resonance with her as it does with with us. But Thor is one of my favorites. I love that. Honestly, I love the moment where he's redeemed and shows up in his Thor regalia. I mean, Thor as a movie, I just find it to be a lot of fun. There's not a whole lot to it. <laughs> Thor is uh, quite shallow in this movie. And... Although she did enjoy how Thor asked for more drink by throwing the mug on the floor. You know, I told her not to try that in the kitchen because she won't get more drink. If she does, what she'll get is a broom. It took some prodding for me to get her to realize that uh, Jane Foster and Padme Amidala share an actress. But she liked it. Didn't care for Loki. Again, you know, she doesn't like betrayal. And she gets mad at the characters. And I really didn't want to tell her 
too much about Loki going forward because, as we know, Loki kind of goes from, to steal professional wrestling terms, he tends to go from heel to face as the uh, situation presents itself. Although he's full-on villain here and in the Avengers. so And this was, I believe this was the film that introduced the idea of the cube. I don't recall if we saw it in Iron Man 2 or not. But she is uh, noticing the cube as it tends to, uh, obviously she doesn't understand completely about the cube yet because we haven't gotten to a point where Infinity Stones have been mentioned. I don't remember where we get the first mention of Infinity Stones. If it was Guardians of the Galaxy or when Thor takes his bath in Age of Ultron. And with Thor is really when we're starting to turn our eyes toward the Avengers with the Infinity Stone and a lot of things that appeared in the Avengers kind of start here. The cube, which again may may have shown up in Iron Man 2. I don't remember. I don't think so, though. I guess the cube in that we see in the, tr- the storage room down in... Uh, and Asgard is a fake, kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet is. But anyway, I'm not going to unravel that on this podcast. So we both enjoyed Thor, and we moved on to Captain America, the first Avenger. Rogers, Steven. Just give me a chance. Sorry, son. I'm saving your life. General Patton has said that wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. Our goal is to create the greatest army in history. I should be going with you. Look, I know you don't think I can do this. This isn't a back alley, Steve. It's war. But every army begins with one man. Five tries in five different cities. I can offer you a chance. He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. Why me? Because the weak man knows the value of strength, knows the value of power. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. We are going to win this war because we have the best men. Now, Mr. Stark. And they will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. Your task won't be simple. Who the hell are you? The first of many. Your enemy is not what you expect. think i think it works again haley noticed the continuity at least of the cube now captain america the first avenger again as we all know a bulk of this movie takes place during world war ii so some people would say that this should be the first film you watch all right i can see 
that argument, but I put it here for basically two reasons. One, it leads directly into the next movie, which is The Avengers. And secondly, the movie starts in the present and ends in the present. So my headcanon says Steve is thinking about his life as he's thought out. And this is what we see him thinking about. There is nothing in the movie that confirms or denies this. So we'll just go with that. The World War II stuff is basically one long flashback. I can live with that. And while Haley was looking forward to getting to Captain America, I think this was the movie that she enjoyed the least because she was getting a little fidgety, you know. You could tell when Haley's not completely engaged because she fusses, she, uh, fusses around in, the, in her chair quite a bit. And this is doing that. She was watching the movie. She was having trouble getting comfortable. She was falling off the chair. So I don't think this movie grabbed her the way the others did. It's a war movie. It's not what she had come to expect from a superhero movie. So I don't think this film had as much to offer her in that sense as some of the others. But again, at the end, what she's noticing is the inter- the connectivity. Oh, look, there, there's the cube. There's how they get the cube. and Because she already knew that the cube was in the 90s because they, it was floating around the Captain Marvel movie because the flurkin barfed it up in the uh, end credit scene, which I forgot to mention. And yeah, I guess as far as us watching that together, I really don't have a ton to say about the Captain America film. I mean, you know, I told her a little bit about Bucky. Basically, I described Bucky as kind of like Captain America's Robin, and he really wasn't that in this movie. There's no costume. So I wonder how much of a connection she'll make to the Winter Soldier when we get to that in a, in a couple of weeks, actually. And Thor of the Dark World is next, and then I think we go right to the Winter Soldier, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's coming up soon. So I guess I'll have to see, and I'll report back when I do my Phase 2 episode. Aside from the interconnectivity, with the other films, basically Fury and the Cube. I'm not sure how much use she had for Captain America, the first Avenger. It's not my favorite Captain America film. That's the next one. But it's just still very good. All right. So, the Avengers. The world has changed. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. We are hopelessly outgunned. Captain, it's time. Mightiest heroes type thing. I have an army. We have a Hulk. The end of phase one and kind of the culmination of the initial six films that made up phase one. Started with Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Thor, and Captain America. And this is really the first time where concepts came back. Still dealing with the cube. The, the scientist character from Thor, the, Dr. Selvig, comes back. And what's nice is they managed to slip in as much of the other characters' cast as they could. Like, you see Pepper Potts for a few minutes in uh, the beginning of this film. You see, 
Well, Dr. Selvig is around for a lot of this movie. And Loki comes back as the main villain, which I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming when I initially saw the Avengers. I didn't think the villain from Thor would be the one to uh, bedevil them in the first movie, but he was. And I I mentioned that Haley really enjoyed the connectivity between the movies. And this movie is all connective tissue. Although I don't think she was as blown away by the helicarrier as I thought she should be. But she kept kind of saying, wait, what are they on? And then I told her what it was. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, she didn't seem to be as in awe of the helicarrier as I would have liked her to be. But she enjoyed this movie. And yeah, I mean, this movie's a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of uh, Loki talking to aliens in the dark and a lot of the villains fighting each other and bantering with each other. That stuff is all fun. The fight between Thor and Iron Man doesn't disappoint. Nor does uh, Captain America coming down on them both like uh, like a dead mother, you know. But having Loki and the staff of the cube, things she was familiar with, really enhanced her enjoyment of this film, and it definitely was one we were looking forward to. You know, the Avengers is an endpoint; it's it's a culmination of everything the MCU was doing to that point, and you know, you're rewarded for having watched the previous films and. You know, she continues to enjoy Tony, and I think she cares more about the Hulk than Banner, honestly, you know. I really wonder how she's going to react to Professor Hulk when uh, she sees Endgame, especially uh, when uh, Professor Hulk travels back in time and sees how he was during the time of this film. It's not easy for him to watch, and I remember just watching Endgame during then, seeing that, and it's not easy to watch either, because you could tell he's kind of ashamed of what he was at that point. But that's something to talk about when we get to that. And... One of the problems with watching a movie with Haley is she's too interested in the damn popcorn because, of course, we make we make popcorn to uh, sit down and watch a movie because you can't have to watch a movie without popcorn, especially now that we can't go to the movies. She keeps the bowl next to her. And she's always looking at the bowl and not the movie. She misses stuff. Like, she missed an Incredible Hulk. She missed the big clap. She would have missed Hulk smash if I hadn't told her to watch for it. She almost missed what perhaps my favorite moment in the Avengers when the Hulk picks up Loki by his leg and just starts slamming him into the ground you know she enjoyed that she would have missed it if i had told her to watch for it but we both thoroughly enjoyed uh watching it all come together and like i said we're rewarded for our for our viewing i remember i didn't like this movie as much the first time i saw it because i thought it was two-thirds banter and and an alien invasion tacked on at the end just to give them something to fight i seem to appreciate it more now that they've tied everything up at the end but Haley did surprise me because when you get to the the end the mid credit scene, not the end credit scene, the end credit scene is them eating shawarma, which whatever. But when uh when he turns around, she looks. Wait, is that Thanos? I kind of looked at her. I was like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. You you know about Thanos? And she did, and I was appropriately surprised. So that was fun, just knowing that she knew about Thanos. I was like, oh, good. It's something. One thing I don't have to explain. But fortunately, I haven't had to explain a whole lot because the movies do a good job of giving you the information uh, that you need. The only time I really ever had to explain anything to her was I had to catch her up on some Hulk mythology. So I know this is not phase one. This is the start of phase two. But since we've watched watched it already, let's talk Iron Man 3 for a minute. Nothing's been the same since New York. You experience things, and then they're over. I can't sleep. And when I do, I have nightmares. Honestly, there's a hundred people who want to kill me. 
I hope I can protect the one thing I can't live without. Ladies, children, sheep. Some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. Lesson number one. Heroes. There is no such thing. Again, Haley is kind of claiming the Iron Man movies as her favorite of the Marvel films so far. She was very excited that Iron Man 3 was next after the Avengers. I didn't have the heart to tell her that uh, Iron Man 3 is not really one that I like a whole lot. I kind of find it boring. I do believe when we watched it last weekend, that was the first time that I've watched it and not fallen asleep, which... Says a lot, but it's not as fun as the first two films. It's although Tony retains his humor, I kind of had to explain things like PTSD and stuff to her a little bit. It was a little more kind of a little bit more horror elements than some of the previous films, which apparently appealed to Haley. But I think that how much she likes Tony gets her through this movie. And I don't know how many times I've watched Iron Man 3, it's got to be at least the third time. I get more out of it each time. I got more out of it this time than I did during the previous two viewings. Maybe because I was awake the whole time. Like, one of the things that always annoyed me was, How did he end up, why did he end up in Tennessee? Then, uh, oh, yeah, because he was plotting a course to, wrote to that town to investigate something, and that's how he wound up there. I guess Jarvis took him on a pre, uh, pre-planned pre flight. But, you know, she seemed to like the movie. She didn't say she didn't, but it must have been hard seeing her favorite character. Just think all kinds of bad decisions because he's messed up from the events of the Avengers movie and that the world is kind of messed up since since the events of the first Avengers movie. But, you know, I think she enjoyed all of the uh, suits at the end. She enjoyed uh, the interplay between Rhodey and Tony. I mean, honestly, there's really nothing in this film that starts phase two. This almost feels kind of in the way Spider-Man Far From Home does, as it could almost be an epilogue to Phase 1, as it kind of ends Tony's story, in a sense. It ends Tony's main story, you know, which started with him getting injured in, in the attack to the point where he needs the device in his chest to keep him alive to the point where he removes it, and then he can just kind of appear in the rest of the franchise. But his story about his heart is over. So... It can be either the start of Phase 2 or kind of an epilogue to Phase 1. I don't think Phase 2 really kicks in until Thor The Dark World, which is the next movie we're going to be watching. Again, not one of my favorites either. But that's something to do for the next time. And as far as the next Man of Screen Extra goes, I'm definitely doing my Christmas episode. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Might be Batman Returns. Might be something else. I don't think we'll be done with Phase 2 before... I want to record my Christmas episode, so it's going to be either MCU Phase 2 or Christmas. 
depending on how things shake out. So until then, feedback's always welcome. Man of screen at gmail.com. If you want to join the conversation over the Facebook group, just put Man of Screen Podcast in your third feed and the show should come up. You can also find the show on Twitter at Man of Screencast. So next time, folks, we're on the same team. Good night. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Zumo, and all opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zumo and his guests and no one else. All music and sound reviews on the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyrighted their original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. Emails of this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man of Screen Podcast.